The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Now, new figures uh, revealed today that the National Ambulance Service are failing to meet response target times for emergencies. In fact, News Talk can reveal that last year ambulances showed up four hours late on nearly 100 occasions. We're going to speak to David Hall in just a moment, uh, the CEO of Lifeline Ambulances. Uh, but first, Eamon is on the line, Eamon in Cork. Uh, Eamon, you had to call an ambulance for your 88-year-old mother. Can you tell me what happened? Uh, good good afternoon. Good afternoon, Kieran. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, this this is, a, I suppose, it's historical now at this stage, but... Um, it, I suppose it's still very, very relevant because the problem <clears throat> hasn't been solved. And I'm sure there have been hundreds, and as you stated, there have been hundreds of cases in the meantime. But um, this happened in March last year, the 21st of March. Um, my mother, she was 88 years of age at the time, and uh, she she was out, out walking and uh, she collapsed. And uh, it, it transpired that she had a broken hip and a broken shoulder. So she got home and uh, an ambulance was called. And uh, this was in, in the afternoon, about I believe it was about lunchtime, if my memory serves me correct. And uh, she was not admitted to hospital till four or five the following morning. And all that while she was, yeah, she was waiting for an ambulance and um, getting regular phone calls to say an ambulance is on the way, an ambulance is on the way, checking on her status and all that sort of stuff. Um, but she was in agony. She was immobile. And... They couldn't. They couldn't move her. I mean, just as well they didn't. She had broken bones. Uh, an eighty-eight-year-old woman with a uh, history of TIAs, and uh, she could not get prioritised for an ambulance. Uh, was there ever any explanation? <laughs> um, well, oh, unofficially, yes, uh, because you know Ireland being a small country, we all know each other, and um, we uh, we know we know what happened. Uh, but no, there was never a. A, a proper explanation, and um, there was always somebody uh, more important um, than her uh, for those fourteen hours. Um, however, we know the situation on that day, on, on on that evening, there was no ambulance cover in West Cork and pretty much most of Kerry. Um, there were ambulances from as far away as Ennis, and they were covering Cork City that night. Um, so what what happened back then was that there was two ambulances um, assigned to Cork City for that night. You can imagine the size of Cork City. It's pretty big, uh, population-wise. And um, every ambulance that came in to drop off a patient in Cork University Hospital uh, was subsequently tasked with calls in the Cork City area. They were kind of sucked into Cork City, um, almost like a, a black hole, and they didn't get back out. I mean, Bandon, where it happened, that's only it's only a 20-minute drive door-to-door without blue lights. Uh, to Cork University Hospital, and an 88-year-old woman had to wait that length of time. And it's happening over and over again. Well, I mentioned David Hall is with us as well, Eamon. He's the CEO of Lifeline Ambulances. David, is this a question of a lack of resources or a misallocation of resources? Uh, good evening, Karen. I think um, this is not a problem that has arisen yesterday. Uh, this has been ongoing for a long, long time. And I know the Rockford's Committee in Health had some discussions on it again today, which I'm sure was very constructive and exciting and nothing will ever be done about it. Like, this is a very simple mathematical equation. We have an ambulance service with the probably the best ambulance staff and the most uh, tuned in and responsive ambulance staff 
in the world, I'd respectfully suggest, um, who've gone above and beyond and proven themselves categorically during COVID particularly, but have been doing stellar work in the background, protecting as many people as they can. That was for a system in the service with 4 million of a population. And it was never great at maths, but uh, we now have a population of 5 million and it's impossible to have a service delivery that's safe and that is going to protect lives without having the uh, respective investment. And that investment comes on a number of fronts. The controversial one, which is having a look at how you do things. Do we do things correctly? Is there a different way of doing things? Is our paramedic course too long? Uh, by comparison to other jurisdictions, I believe it is too long. We have junior paramedics, uh, emergency medical technicians, more than competent and capable to step up and assist with doing uh, emergency calls, yet we insist on having two paramedics on every single ambulance. In the major cities, we have five-ton vehicles. We decided to get the biggest ambulance in the world. Find me the biggest ambulance in the world and stick it in the busiest city in the world, and let's um, try and save lives on that basis. So there's a whole host of things we can have a look at. But fundamentally, we have not looked after our ambulance staff very well. I know many people say this. Um, we don't pay them enough, and it is a very difficult and stressful job. And the, the call details you're talking about, Kieran, are very important because that's not Auntie Mary ringing up to say, hello, I'm in an emergency. These are professional experts in the National Ambulance Service who've taken these calls and categorised them as urgent. So it's not Auntie Mary ringing up to say, I'm should we go to the top of your list. These are done on categorisation of calls. and series. Yeah, because I mentioned the, the four-hour plus wait times, and I think about a quarter of those were, were classed as, as genuine uh, high-end emergencies. And I think it's an important point to make, and you're making it, that you know this isn't because the person who called decided it was a high-end emergency. This was classed as such by professionals. Professionals who interview you and interrogate you for the exact same purpose to ensure that the appropriate resource goes to the appropriate call and they do it exceptionally well. Unfortunately, they don't have a magic wand and they can't, they can't magic up vehicles that don't exist and that's a challenge. And it's a very stressful situation when someone's picking and choosing calls and doesn't have the resources and indeed for crews arriving late. Imagine, you know, and your details you've given, and I know it was a news talk FOI that got the information which own does regularly. Um, and I think one of the key parts is there's a couple of hundred ones below the four hours um, on that list, um, Kieran, as well. So they're the, they're the more dodgy ones of four hours and five hours plus. But there's a couple of hundred below that for one, two and three hours, all mm. unacceptably long. And this hasn't changed. This is getting very boring, actually. If it wasn't to do with real humans and the suffering and pain and worsening of conditions and situations, it, it, you know, it, it's, it's horrific stuff for people to be left waiting uh, long time. And it is worsening. And I've seen it with our own um, calls and volumes, even on personal basis, people calling me in my mobile where they've got family and friends looking for an ambulance, where they've exhausted all options in relation to Dublin City and uh, the rest of the country. And it's becoming a very, very big and serious mm. situation. Now, HICRA, HICRA and the Minister really need to step up here. And I think we need to go beyond having committees and come by as and sit around talking and, and talking waffle. Yeah. That's what's happened for the last 10 years. These are real lives now, real humans whose, whose futures and future existence in the world, and indeed their future health is at stake in, in the absence of an appropriately fast response. Well, listen, when I ask, is it a lack of resources, a misallocation? Unfortunately, it sounds like it's a bit of both. Uh, David, thanks a million for joining us. David Hall is the CEO of Lifeline Ambulance Services. Before David, we spoke to Eamon and Cork, who phoned an ambulance for his mother, 88 years old. She had to wait 14 hours before it arrived. That's not even getting into the uh, issues she faced in the emergency room when she got there. Thank you both very much Jeff, for joining me here on the show. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from 4 on News Talk.